first-time listener, I'd like to thank you oh so much for giving my show a try. And if anybody recommended you to me, go ahead and lean over and give that person a crisp high five. But if you want to be socially conscious and all that other stuff, you want to get the coronavirus or whatever have you, uh, do it the safe way and pick up your mobile device and pick your favorite app of choice and send them a well-crafted DM telling them thank you for recommending you to me. Speaking of social media, you can find the Random Ramblings with Rob on various social media platforms to include Twitter at 3R Show, Instagram at The 3R Show. Uh, You can find video interviews, not this one, unfortunately, on YouTube. And you can find me playing games on Twitch and Facebook. Just search for 3R Show. For anything that I may have forgotten to mention, you can find it all on randomrob.com. On randomrob.com, you can find many different ways to help support the show and also our fantabulous sponsor, Hooks, Rubs, and Spices. Get some of that spice in your life, baby. Put some of that on all your meats and other delicacies that you dine on in the evening time, in the morning time. Brunch. Whenever you eat food, put some Hooks, Rubs, and Spices on it, baby. And if you go to HooksRub.com, you can get 15% off your order if you use promo code RANDOM. Now, we got all that shit out of the way. Um, This is a treat for me. Uh, You can uh, go back into the archive of Wrestling is Trash. Uh, I might have even mentioned it on this show here. Um, I kind of, I won't say I work with, oh shit, I'm I'm trying to play video games and record at the same time. It's not working in my favor, but uh, I frequent a local wrestling organization here called New Texas Pro Wrestling. And amongst the men and women that uh, work for this promotion or work with this promotion, I got to speak to one of my favorite. It, when it comes down to the entrance, just this man's swagger, how he presents himself on camera and everything, I, I totally dig the dude, and I have no doubt in my mind that he is going to the moon. I couldn't find my button. To the moon! Whoa! Yeah! But it's there now. <laughs> um, joining me on this edition of the Random Rams with Rob is the bounty hunter, Brian Keith, the current New Texas Pro Wrestling Heavyweight Champion. So um, I got to talk with him a little bit. 
Um, I'm going to apologize in advance because we had shenanigans, which kind of led to why we don't have a video edition for this episode. Is uh, we had some connectivity issues, which wind up having us going analog. I had to get that man on the telephone so we can talk proper like. So I do apologize for the abrupt cuts in the audio and um, the quality of, because I believe it goes from stereo to mono at one point. That's when um, I was actually talking to him on the cellular device. But man, if you don't know who the hell Brian Keith is, you need to get to know him. You can find him on Reality of Wrestling Television here in Houston or on YouTube. Or you can uh, go to IWTV. I, I believe that's what it is. Is it IWTV? I got a shirt in my closet. I should know what the fuck it is. But uh, you can find all manner of Brian Keith there with New Texas Pro also on YouTube. And just look this man up. Because I, I swear to you, he's one of the ones that's going to be making a big impact in professional wrestling moving forward. And, you know, just hear from the man himself on this edition of the Random Rounds with Rob podcast featuring Brian Keith. Man, th- th- this, is what, this is what COVID brought me. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody was shut down. They got bored and everything and had nothing to do. My wife made me mad, and uh, I ain't had nowhere to run because this her house. So I went <laughs> to the garage and I built me a joint. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> I can sympathize with that. <laughs> All right. I gotta, make, I gotta make me a little setup like you, bro. Yeah, yeah. But shit, I mean, how you doing, man? First off, I'm good, bro. Not bad, not bad. I'm just fucking about to be a bit. I was in the house, but uh, my kids and everything, so I was like, man, I'm just go out to the car and do this uh, podcast. <laughs> and then I can I can sympathize with that as well. Yeah. Shit, I was in here uh, setting up and everything, and then I was like, oh, what, what's happening? And I opened the door, the kid just standing there. I was like, what? Hi. Was, what the? <laughs> yeah, that then was the dog come run up side. in here. <laughs> then the dog come run up in here, and I'm like, "All right, y'all gotta get out now." <laughs> yeah. But shit, um, I ain't gonna keep you too long because I know you're a busy man. Because you, dude, I I don't know how what I can I can't put the shit into words. But you, uh, amongst many things, are a busy man. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm I'm trying to stay busy, man. I'm trying to trying to make myself permanently busy with this wrestling stuff so so like for you this all started around with like 2012 something like that yeah well i started professionally in 2010 and then uh i was wrestling before 2010 but that was like illegitimate like in backyards or like you know people who knew about wrestling teaching me but not not really but i started officially in 2010 yeah word so how did you wind up hooking up with row and all that uh, so I started at Texas All Star, which is a place in Humble. They still go on right now. They still be running the shows, but actually, the things though one of the longest running uh, Texas wrestling promotions in Texas, Texas All Star. And I was wrestling there for like a good five years, I think, or four maybe. And then uh, I was wrestling at a place called the Armadillo Flea Market 
where they were doing like lucha and mm. a guy by the name of kevin bernhardt who was like booker's right hand man now um he was doing like talent scouting because they're supposed to be doing like a cruiserweight division so he saw mm. me and my homie uh javier vega from la familia he saw us wrestling and he reached out to us and, and then was trying to get us to booker t's and then once that happened we just made the transition from uh texas austin started booker t's and just started wrestling there and the, the rest is history word because like for me i mean i'm not a native houstonian or whatever i'm from right next door in louisiana okay and when i moved here in what 2016 i believe it was it was just like all right i'm here i got to find the local wrestling and that's when uh-huh. i found out about the row i was able to talk to uh kiefer and uh, JJ, I got them on the show uh, when I first got here. And I've been kind of keeping my eye out on what's been going on around here. I, the only reason I ain't been down to the um, freaking ROW show is, as you can, as you know, as being a Houstonian, that shit's far. <laughs> it's super far, bro. It's super. I'm, a, I'm up here in spring. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm up here in spring. Uh huh. Yep, so yep. that shit is like way down there. <laughs> yeah, I'm over here off uh 249, bro. That mug extra, bro. But I mean, hey, for me, in my case, I ain't got no choice but to go. But I, I do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna get there. But I was looking at some. Um, yeah. I was looking at some of your earlier stuff from uh ROW and everything compared to what I got to see here in person with a uh, New Texas Pro. And I was like, dude, you don't, you don't even look like the same person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like I just kind of found my uh, stride, bro. Like, uh, as far as just being myself or just expressive and just not just being a character and rest, just being my actual self and offering myself as a professional, as an athlete, as a, as a performer. I think, like, all the, the uh, I guess, like, the, the, the false of it, you know, the button down I was wearing, mm-hmm. the cowboy, and this is like, you know, you're still a wrestler, so you don't have to look like a cowboy, you know, so it's like, I feel like once I started yeah. doing that, and just taking myself seriously, taking my diet more seriously, everything just started clicking, so, I mean, I, I'm, I'm trying to see, like I said, I'm trying to make it my job, full-time job, and I'm just trying to see as long as I can go, man, wrestle as long as I can. Word. So, it, it's, it's amazing about becoming a professional wrestler and building a, a claim and everything, because me being a fan, I can just type your name here on the internet and I get all and I just sit back and see what pops up. So I'm on freaking cage match, the you know, internet wrestling database or whatever, and I got your name up here, Brian Keith. And as I look, they they're tracking you since 2013. And I hit and I look at 2021 as of now, and you okay. you sir. Truly are a busy man. Um, April, just 10 matches on its own, just in April, and four of them, five of them were in the same day. <laughs> People starting to go back to independent shows and everything, daggone, uh, right off of 2020, but I'm looking at your days for 2021, and it's been hella busy, especially the month of April, to where, you know, as I look at uh, cagematch.com or whatever, you had four matches in one day and then turned right around and had a freaking hardcore death match the following day. 
So, I mean, how do you feel after going through all those shenanigans? Yeah, so uh, it's crazy because starting 2021, man, I told myself I was just going to get as busy as I could. I was going to take all of the quality bookings I could and just, you know, not really say no, just try to just get busy and just get to it, man, try to make this my full-time job. And uh, going into it, I was just, you know, running hard, doing all these matches. And, and they, uh, I wouldn't say it was getting to me to where I was getting banged up and bruised up. I just had to learn how to wrestle smart because uh, my schedule was filling up and still is, thank God. Um, going into April, like that WrestleMania, I wrestled ACH and uh, Heavy Metal. Yeah. And I feel like that was just like the catalyst to everything, man. I wrestled him and everybody just kind of saw like, oh, man, Brian Keith can get busy. So then they just started booking me more and more and more. And uh, like you said, I had those matches all in one day and then they had the Ruben match too. And uh, I feel like it's been a, a, a test to my, my body, my my mind. I didn't think I'd be able to go through it all and still be in a shape that I am now, but here I am and I'm feeling better than I was, you know, at the beginning of the year. So I'm just, I'm just going to keep testing it, bro. Just keep, see what I get myself into, man. I'm, I'm trying to turn up the heat, trying to see what we could do, man. Word. So let's speak more about that hardcore match. I was there live for that. And I believe after the fact, you was talking to a couple of the fans and other patrons that normally come to the show. And you were saying that was your first match of that kind. So, I mean, yep. what was your um, your mind frame going into that, and how did you feel coming out of it? Yeah, so uh, it was my first, like, hardcore match pretty much. I've been, like, ladder matches and stuff like that, but nothing like nothing like hardcore like that, especially against a guy this that's his wheelhouse. You know, Ruben yeah. Steele, he's a Texas. When it comes to Texas hardcore guys, just match guys, Ruben Steele is at the top when it comes to that in Texas. So, like, I was very excited to work with him because I knew, you know, the professionalism that he's on, the level that he's on. Uh, at the same time, whenever I was younger, you know, I used to get busy. Me and my homie, uh, Javier Vega from La Familia, we used to do some crazy stuff, jumping off of things and hitting each other with stuff or just, you know, carrying on as kids would that didn't really know the ins and outs of the business, you know. So we would be doing crazy stuff. So I feel like it was kind of just like a, a, a callback to my roots or like, you know, my my – uh, Humble beginnings, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just feel like honestly, it was one of the most fun I've ever had in the whole match. You know, it was brutal, it was hardcore, but I had a bunch of fun, and I feel like it just reminded me of being free and just being myself and just allowing myself to be expressed through my medium of professional wrestling. So I, I really appreciated that match. I liked it a lot. Word. So I'm, we'll bounce around all over the place and everything, but like. The what is it the cruiserweight cowboy the cowboy cruiserweight I, I forget how, how to yeah they call me the cruiserweight cowboy <laughs> ever since uh, the two hundred five live yeah yeah so what was that experience like because matter of fact I was like I said I was going through the the website and everything and it was just listing all these crazy matches and I happened to come across that one with TJP for two hundred five live so yeah. how did you feel about that I mean especially you know going wrestle for a company like WWE. Uh, I was, I ain't gonna lie, bro. I was nervous. I got there and, um, you know, you kind of go to WWE and it's like, it's kind of what everybody kind of like dreamed of is just be, you know, work for that company and just, you know, at the time and just like, uh, be a part of it all. And, you know, I had some nervousness going through my mind and stuff like that. I just didn't want to disappoint 
and things. I really just went to be an extra. I didn't go thinking I was really going to do anything other mm-hmm. than, you know, help out a little bit. But um, they needed somebody to work TJP, and I was around, and I, I really just made myself available. I jumped up. I heard they needed somebody to work. And I was like, oh, I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I jumped at the opportunity and, uh, and took it, and uh, he was a cool dude about it. He was uh, – it was really cool. They were trying to get something over with uh, as far as what he was doing with his character and like uh, a moment, creating a moment. And I think it, it made me really proud just to be part of something that was different. Mm-hmm. A guy shooting a promo while wrestling and beating his opponent, making him tap out. I think that was like a pretty cool story to be told and things like that. And also the fact that uh, when I was there, the agent for the match was Arn Anderson. So here right. I am with Arn Anderson and TJP working this segment out, you know, uh, making it come to fruition. You know, it was somebody's idea, but the fact that we hit the nail on the head and made it come out exactly the way they needed it to happen. And, and honestly, it was like a very uh, memorable moment as far as like one of the moments of TJP being in WWE and definitely a memorable moment for me as far as my career. So it was really fun, man. It was I The rush of going out there in front of like thousands of people, we were in uh, Corpus Christi. Or Corpus and, uh, Crispy, as he pronounced Corpus it. Corpus Crispy, as he called it. Yeah. <laughs> Corpus Crispy. He was trying to diss like it was my hometown, but I was like, "Bro, I'm base town. This ain't my, uh, this ain't my hood." <laughs> but I mean, hey, all Texas is my hood now. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a poster boy for Texas, so I'll take it. But um, at the time, you know, thousands of fans being in that arena and just—it's crazy because like I didn't get an entrance. I just walked out to the ring with the ref so it wasn't really like i got like a good reaction or nothing whenever yeah. i came out nobody was screaming or nothing but you could just hear the buzz of just all those fans as i was walking out just being like man who is this guy whatever you know like just just being kind of curious then uh the lights hit bam they come back from commercial tjp uh, tjp's uh music hits and that's when it just settled in for me bro like i was like man i was nervous you hear the fans like it's just like a it's crazy because they're so loud that they're quiet we, yeah Literally so many people, and it's like a uh, kind of like a ah, it's like all you hear, and uh, it really just made me realize, man, I could do this for the rest of my life, man. I I could have that feeling for the rest of my life. If I could wake up every day and take care of my kids and my wife, doing that, I'd be a blessed man. And that's that. I feel like that's what kind of started me on my trail. Is like, man, I got to get this, man. I got to get to it because I, I really want to make this my life. And you. Sp- when you was going through that, you know, reliving that uh, moment for us, and I appreciate it. Well, one of the things that you was, uh, I, I kind of caught you saying, you was like, everybody want to be at WWE at the time. At the time, yep, at the time. So, well, me, so I what's the landscape now is what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, there, there's more places to go, but I was going to say even before that, I was just speaking as far as, like, um, I guess everybody else, because me – I, I like WWE. I grew up on WWE. That's my first inter, inter, introduction to professional wrestling. But as I got older and as I learned more about professional wrestling, I leaned towards Japanese style. Exactly. Like just wrestling in Japan. So really, WWE is not my main goal. It's not the place I want to go. Uh, it would be nice to work for them and get paid by them. That'd be amazing. But uh, is that my goal? Is that where I want to go? No, I want to be solidified as one of the best to ever do it in this professional game and i feel like all those guys well most of those guys came from japan or trained through japan so really that's the uh route that i'm looking for myself word because i I mean i get to peek into the window that is brian keith uh, via instagram and you post a lot of the japanese matches and whatnot and i'm just like for me what i think what it was wrestle kingdom nine was the first one they kind of like did the um 
kind of broadcasted for pay-per-view in America. And uh-huh. that's kind of where I picked up on it and everything. And I've seen Shinsuke Nakamura for the first time and Carl Anderson and all them when they were good. Um, <laughs> and it was just amazing to see something different. And then I'm getting that feeling all over again, you know, now with AEW and MLW and, you know, ROH is starting to come back around, you know, introducing the women's title, which Roxy is there. So it's just amazing time to be a professional wrestler and a professional wrestling fan. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I feel like uh, the as far as the U.S. world of wrestling, I feel like they just kind of picked up as far as seeing like the tastes of wrestling that are out there and just being like, more open to it because for a while a lot of people were just WWE fans and that's all they wanted to yeah. see but now everybody's like you said you know you got that uh, New Japan that came in and uh, people didn't know about Ring of Honor but now they're starting to come up more and more and it's like you know Ring of Honor has been around for forever Yes, but uh, people just weren't open to taking those styles in and, and seeing them as different styles of professional wrestling and right now it's, it, like you said it's a great time to be a wrestler great time to be a fan of professional wrestling I'd like to see people just come together and enjoy wrestling mm-hmm. and not be so critical. That's that's my mission. My mission is for people to just relax, enjoy wrestling for what it is, and just don't be sitting down with your little notepad trying to make it like a star racing like Dave <laughs> Meltzer all the time. You know, like, it, it, it's all about just going, you know, getting yourself some food, getting yourself some, some alcohol, a little drinky drink if you want to, and just losing yourself within that moment, Yeah, whether it be – from any outlet, you know, uh, WWE, Ring of Honor, New Japan, any of that. But um, that's what I like to see from wrestling, bro. Everybody just truly enjoying it and taking it for what it is. Because at the end of the day, it's us putting our bodies on the line and killing ourselves for this profession. Yeah, We love this. And God forbid, I don't want somebody, you know, if you're a trained professional and you're taking it seriously, I feel like there's no need for a fan to be bashing you online or be talking to you. know, you can have your favorites and stuff like that, but you know, you, you're going to have to show respect to everybody that's going to get in them ropes. You know, as far as taking it as a professional, you got to show respect to those guys. Cause at the end of the day, we sacrificing our lives for it. So I mm-hmm. just like to see wrestling ahead in that direction. Yeah. Cause uh, mm-hmm. we've, we've had this conversation many a times, you know, on the podcast and, you know, just amongst friends and whatnot. Whenever we talk about WWE, we very rarely talk about the wrestling that goes on. We always talk about the business aspect. Oh, Vince ripped up the script and did this other bullshit and yada, 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 yada. All the speculation, but never on the wrestling, you know, and that's what kind of pulled me back away from it. Because, like, I don't even watch Raw anymore. And I would peek in on SmackDown just to see, you know, what Roman doing and what what the story is going to develop around that. But I've just been mainly watching AEW, uh, yeah. GCW, and, you know, whatever I can peek in on MLW and just <laughs> the dark side of wrestling. <laughs> so, All right. Yeah. I'm going uh, to add one more to your list. If you're not watching Pro Wrestling Noah in Japan, you got to watch it, man. Either Pro Wrestling Noah or this other company called Glate, or it's pronounced, uh, it's spelled Gleat, G-L-E-A-T, but it's pronounced Glate, I want to say. But... Those two promotions are promotions that I watch heavy as Pro Wrestling Noah and Gleek. And as far as, like, in-ring product and producing, like, just the sports style and, and like, the athleticism and, and seriousness that professional wrestling can provide, I feel like those two companies, they, they check my boxes. So Word. add them on there. Because if you can if you, if you find some Pro Wrestling Noah, uh, they got a tournament going on right now, the N1 Victory Tournament. Uh, it's like the um, 
Actually, G1's running around. Yeah, now. G1 is so. a, like, <laughs> they're on day seven now, and I'm so behind. Because if you get behind on that shit, it's just like, you might as well you wait till it's over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, me, what I like to do is I like to pick, uh, when the tournament starts, I'll pick, like, three of my favorites, maybe four. Because I watch a hell of a lot. Of, I, I watch a shitload of professional wrestling, bro. Uh, I pick, like, maybe four of my favorite guys, and then I'll just make sure I stick with those guys' matches. Mm-hmm. And then if I hear anything, like, on a forum or, like, anybody in their story saying, like, hey, go out of your way to watch this match, then I'll go out of my way to watch, you know, other matches and stuff like that. But for the most part, I'll stick with, like, my four guys or, you know, someone. It does get exhausting because mm-hmm. there is so much professional wrestling to watch, bro, especially right now. It's ridiculous. You mix with what's provided today on an on-demand basis, mixed with what's from the past. Literally, bro, it's, like, endless amounts of wrestling to watch. And sometimes I get, like, not sick to my stomach because I love wrestling, but my mind will be boggled because I'm just like, man, damn, oh, shit, I forgot I got to go back and watch this match. Hell oh, yeah. crap, I forgot to see this series. Or I'll see something on the timeline from, like, you know, the, the pages I watch on Instagram, and it'll be like a old-school Japanese match. I'm like, dang, I got to go back and find that one. Or, yeah. It's it's really cool, bro. It, like you said, it's a great time to be a fan and a professional wrestler all in one. So coming up here next month, you got the return match with Darius Lockhart. I mean, how you feeling yeah, about that? I'm excited, man. I feel like uh, Darius is a guy that I knew of him, but I never knew him, never met him personally. And it's crazy because that that uh that weekend for Russell, that first of all that WrestleMania weekend was wild anyway because mm-hmm. I never before then I was never flown out for professional wrestling. I, I would always <laughs> drive. Yeah. And I've only been to like a couple of states. I never really I never wrestled in Florida, and I never been on a plane. So that was my first time for all that. Never had that was my first WrestleMania weekend period as a performer, uh, and I've been wrestling for what I'm going on eleven years now. So like, that was like literally super exciting for me. I just had a adrenaline rush the whole time, and then the fact that we were going on what we went on at like one in the morning, two in the morning, yeah, for uh, GCW for the culture. So I was really just like, bro, I was on a, a natural high anyways, just because it was like early and I don't even be up that late. So <laughs> it was wild. <laughs> I, you know, I'll be asleep, bro. I got kids and a wife, dog. I'll be knocked out. But it, literally for to be wrestling, you know, two in the morning with this crowd and the crowd was kind of tired at first. You kind of see it and feel it in them, but everybody was crunk for the show because, you know, it's for the culture. Everybody's there for a reason. We're there for a purpose. So I feel like that was just buzzing throughout the air the fact that everybody was just you know everybody was crunk to be there and then uh you had the match happen with me and Darius Lockhart first time us even touching in the ring first time meeting each other first of all he's a stand-up guy super cool dude uh he's become honestly one of my if not best friends brother in the business at this point and uh I feel like at that point in that match man it Shinya Hashimoto said professional wrestling is two souls clashing at one point in the ring at that moment and just giving it their all. And I feel like that match was literally both of our souls at that moment because we both had a chip on our shoulder. You know, he was coming mm-hmm. back from injury. Injury, yeah. I was, this, I was this guy coming in my first WrestleMania weekend and nobody heard of me. So, you know, I was like, man, I've been around, but, you know, why y'all ain't heard of me? I'm going to show y'all why, y'all why y'all need to hear about me. So I feel like having that as far as, you know, that chip on my shoulder and him having the chip on his shoulder coming back and showing people who he is it it played out perfectly bro i feel like we told a perfect story the match was perfect at the end everybody was safe but you know we got busy and i i couldn't ask for anything better bro it was an, it was honestly it was one of my favorite every match of that weekend was 
one of my favorites of my career, really. But that one has a special place in my heart. Word. A lot of profound yeah. words and everything. So, I mean, yeah. I'm, now you got me excited and shit. You know, I'm 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 ready to dag on see see the return because you know. Oh, you got to man. It's gonna be it's gonna be saucy, bro. Because I feel like Darius brought something out of me that was really you know it wasn't out there before. It was that fact that he he when he shot that promo against me, it wasn't even a, a downing promo like mm-hmm. as far as like oh I'm gonna beat your ass in Tampa. Da, da, da. No, he starts the promo off, bro, brother. You are the one, the two, and the three. Like I, I've heard everything about you that I've heard is true. And I'm just like, bro, for like, it just gives me chills just saying it back now. It's like, bro, real recognizing real from the beginning. We knew the match wasn't even about who was going to be the winner because we yeah. were both going to be walking out from that match. And that's really what happened. We both we both walked out as winners. I lost, but at the end of the day, we both won. So I appreciate it. Word, word, word. And everybody's going to win seeing the rematch in New Texas. This time, I'm the champion. Yep. Well, it, it wasn't for a title, but I'm a champion, and he's coming on my turf. And, you know, I got to show why I'm the underground king, where I come from. So, as the uh, revolutionary, I know he's going to come with a chip on his shoulder trying to shake things up, but uh, not in my kingdom. <laughs> word, word. And, I mean, how does that feel? I mean, you took the the title off of Mysterious Q, who held it for well over 600 days and everything. Yep. So, how does it feel for you to kind of take up that lineage now and run with it? It's a it's an honor, man. It's like um, that match. That match with me and Q was just brutal on both of us. I feel like after that, uh, talk about taking breaks after uh, matches and stuff like that. I was running hard the whole year, and after that match, I literally had to take a couple of months off. Well, not a couple of months off, but a couple of weeks off because I actually had a GCW debut too mm-hmm. in Houston and Dallas a couple of weeks after that. Yeah. But um, going into that, I knew Q. Q's the man. Q's been the man since I was a kid watching wrestling in texas he he was you know he was just younger from first getting his foot in the business and i would go to shows and watch him and be like dang he's a badass or man i want to be like him one day you know and for me to be a grown man now having to walk my path and you know meeting us both cross the paths at that reign his 600 plus day reign bro and for me to win and be the champion now it's, it's a blessing and it's an honor not just as an individual, but as a person that comes from Texas. And you know how prideful we as Texans are. Oh, yeah. We're like super prideful people, bro. So it's like, I just feel like there was a moment after that match where I won, the title was on me, Q was getting looked at, but then uh, he got up and uh, I got up and we kind of just looked at each other like, damn, like we couldn't believe it. You know, like he's been champion for 600 some days and like, you know, here I am, I just won, I defeated him, but it's like, it's almost as if I couldn't even believe it happened. You know, I'm just looking at him like, damn, is this it now? He's like, yep, this is, this is it. So I shook in his hand like, I appreciate it, man. I thank you for you coming in that day and giving me your all and allowing me to level up within myself. So I feel like Mysterious Q is going to forever be like a, uh, as far as like a, a adversary or a, a rival or a guy that just makes me better, he's going to always have that position in my career. I know I I was pissed because I didn't get to watch it live, but I was there for the challenge when you put the daggone bounty on his chest and everything. And I was standing yeah. there on the side of the ring like, holy fuck, this is about to happen. <laughs> yeah, it was goosebumps, bro. People was like, man, it, it's crazy because at first uh, I didn't even think I was going to. I think the plan was to not even have a bounty or anything like that. I was going to go out there and challenge him. But uh, the production guy at Stage Media was like, man, you know what? 
I'm gonna make you a bounty for Mysterious Q. And I was like, what? So I get there that day for the show, and uh, he's got it ready for me. And I'm just like, man, you know, I, at first I was thinking to myself, man, that's kind of cheesy. I don't know if I want to do it or not. But I'm like, well, I'm a bounty hunter. I've never actually physically had a bounty and came looking for a motherfucker like right on the spot. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try it. And uh, I feel like it was it was a, it was a moment, man. It helped. Yeah. It was the perfect prelude to the match. It was it was nice. Yeah, this shit was dope. I was like. Oh shit! <laughs> like I said, that's all I can say. I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, hey, when a man with the black halo come looking for you, your time is up, man. Yeah. So, like, uh, speaking about that or whatever, from you know, as far as your appearance and you know, being more you and everything. I mean, what led you more toward like the poncho and then sometimes? I mean, because it's it's never the same, really. Whenever I come see you, because I see you one time, you got the trunks on. Then I see another time. Yeah. Obviously, it was for a hardcore match. You had the the, the jeans on. Then you had uh, pants on another time. It was just like it's, yeah. it always varies and whatnot. And it's it's fresh, and I like that. Uh, I like to switch it up, man. I feel like um, after I let go of the whole button down combo, really, it was just getting too hot wrestling. Like that. <laughs> it looked like it. <laughs> yeah, we in Houston. I can't be in the summertime wrestling with a whole button down on the tights and everything. And I feel like it was too much of a crutch for me to just not get in shape you know i was i had a shirt on so it's kind of like eh, i ain't really gotta get in shape you know I, as long as i'm ring you know ready i should be fine but i feel like once i took off the the shirt and you know it was just out there you know with my you know my bare self it was like you know all right it's time to get in shape time to be more serious about your uh your workouts and stuff like that and um the western gimmick you know the western theme i almost say gimmick but the theme was always there because my my dad is a huge western movie fan like he loves spaghetti westerns like from he he almost has like almost everyone ever made and like literally growing up he was just always watching them and i was always watching them with him he would always watch movies period but his favorite kind are western movies yeah and uh that's kind of where it stemmed from was that but then once i got to booker t's he made it like oh well you remember the show the rifleman with uh sammy davis jr and he was yeah. like you know you should be like a bounty hunter you know so that's where I got the bounty hunter gimmick of it all uh, as far as like the, the bounty hunter portion as far as coming for people or, you know, now you got a bounty on your head. Having that is part of the theme came from Booker T and my dad. And then I guess me just putting a little spice on top as far as like the Houston culture and the school culture. Uh, I got sponsored by Swisher House. So I was like, man, you know what? I'm sponsored by Swisher House. What, 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 what's, you know, besides swishes and smoking, what was also, you know, uh, synonymous with Swish House? Well, you know, grill, uh, shiny, you know, bling bling, you know, things like things like that. Are, I feel like it reminds you of Swish House when you're Swish House. You mm-hmm. think of the, the, the chain, the grill, you know, all that, just that lifestyle. And I was like, well, man, let me just add that whole culture to what i got going on and i started wrestling with the uh, the grill in my mouth and just like um even with like my merch you know incorporating maybe like you know dj screw yeah influences within my merchandise or you know other like dj michael watts like or or old like um that's where i got the U- the underground king moniker from it's i got it from ugk you know uh bum b and pimp c because pimp c is my favorite rapper of all time and you know, UGK, I was like, well, I call myself the Underground King. So I like really my first T-shirt was based off of the UGK album, the first album with the maroon and the gold and yeah. the white. 
And I just remember that logo, and I was like, well, man, maybe I can start calling myself the Underground King. And I feel like once I started doing that, I called myself it once, and it kind of stuck, but it didn't really. But apparently it did, because then people just kind of, like, started calling me that. It's like wildfire, and I feel like once that started happening, then I was like, okay, well, we got something here. Let me just try to mix all these things together and make it, you know, just make it work. And I feel like we're in the midst of right now me just trying to figure out what I am as a performer, an artist, an athlete, you know, just trying to make all those things work. Mm-hmm. It's definitely Houston or whatever, because, like, um, even the last show here, you came out with the Elijah one jersey, and I was like, that's dope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's dope. I as almost, fuck. I almost wish I wasn't able to get my hair braided because I wasn't able to get with my sister. But I wish I would have got my hair braided and it came out with the do rag and the, uh, the, the. You remember uh, back in like two thousands, bro? Everybody used to wear the do rag with the uh, basketball headband, yeah. almost like Iverson. Yeah. I would have came out like that, bro. If I would have had my hair braided, I wish I could, bro, because I would have just took it way back to the two thousands. But uh, like I said, bro, I just feel like. Somebody once like uh, asked me, they were like, man, why is it that uh, everybody in, in, in Texas or like everybody's like, you know, supporting you? And I feel like I was like, man, I don't know. You know, I, I chunk I chunk everything that I do up to God. You know, whatever I do is, you know, I, it's not I'm not great. It's because God. But uh, the person that told me that was like, man, I feel like the reason why everybody just, you know, gravitates towards you because you're really out here supporting and putting on for Texas as a whole, you know, like, yeah. I don't have no beef with nobody in Texas, bro. Like, I'm literally out here trying to get everybody better. I want to see everybody succeed. And it ain't even just Texas. It ain't just that. You know, everybody who I come across, everybody who is in my path, you know, to wherever I'm going in life, I want to see everybody around me do better and be better. And I feel like that's the difference is that I just, you know, that's like my driving force. Word. Because, I mean, you you definitely Texas. Because, I don't know too many people (laughs) – you know, personally, and like I said, I'm not a native Houstonian. I ain't from here. That uh, be yeah. like uh, coming to the ring from Greens Point, Texas. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, sir. <laughs> I said, I've been. And that's to- not even a city, man. Yeah, I know. Like, oh man, is that a real place in Texas? I'm like, bro, no, that's like it's a hood in Texas, but it's where I'm from. That's where mm-hmm. I grew up. Literally, I was born. I was literally born in Greens Point, bro. Whenever uh, I was born, my uncle was living in Lincoln Green. He was living in, Lincoln, in a Lincoln Green neighborhood because my people live in Lincoln Green East, but he was living in uh, a neighborhood near Lincoln Green East in Greens Point. And whenever I was born, they were living with him at the time, but then he was managed to be able to get my parents a house, and that house is in Greens Point. And literally, bro, since I was, we've been in that house since I was born. So my parents have been living there for 30 years. And I, I eat, sleep, and breathe Greens Point, you know, Houston, Texas. This is, this is my life. It's not a gimmick. It's not. I'm not talking it up just because I want to seem cool and nothing like that, bro. Like, that's this is me, you know, and I feel like that's why it just comes off so authentic to people. So I appreciate that, you know. And then, it's not all the time you can really rep where you came from and people respect it, you know. A lot of times people are like, man, that ain't a real city. Give me a real city, you know. But <laughs> I tell people, I'm like, bro, no, you're going to build me from Greenspoint, Texas because people going to know, you know. Like, mm-hmm. when I make it out there, people going to people gonna know about Greenspoint, you know. I'm going to make sure. Yeah. Or or what <laughs> what I learned of it is because I, I work in that area and I've been to that uh-huh. mall if you can call it a mall. <laughs> yeah, it ain't too much of a mall anymore, <laughs> but we're gonna see what's up, man. Hopefully they they can revive some, breathe some breath back into it because it's kind of kind of dwindling down. <laughs> well, when I first moved down here and I started working in that area or whatever, dude was like, "Well, welcome to Guns Point." And I was like, "What?" Yep. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's what they call it, man. And it's it, it's got a bad rep, but at the same time, it's like it's like anywhere else you go in the world. If you're going around looking for trouble, oh yeah, or, it, you find it. So you're gonna find it, or it's gonna find you. Or if you're around looking like you don't know where you're supposed to be at, then you know it's gonna find you too. And you just can't. You got to be aware of your surroundings. But that's you as a person. You know, you can't. You know, people just can't be out here in the world thinking everything's just sunshine and rainbows. I mean, it is. The mm. world should be like that, but. A lot of people be out here plotting, and you got to really have that hindsight—that hindsight—to be like, okay, well, this car been trailing me for like three lights, or oh, homie at the gas station over here eyeing me too hard, or mm-hmm. you know, like it, it's it's too many stuff, too much stuff that be happening. It's like you know, you just gotta make sure you're aware of it all. You know, it's not just in, in guns point. So I mean, people do call it guns point, which you will get put at gunpoint at some point <laughs> if you looking for it. But you know, you just gotta. Be aware of your surroundings, that's for sure. Word. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to throw a couple names out there, and I just want to get your thoughts and opinions. Uh, yeah. Mike Bennett. Mike Bennett. That's a stand-up, a stand-up gentleman. He's a gentleman's gentleman. He's he's a he's a, the first – I no, I, wouldn't, I don't think he was the first name I worked, but he was, like, one of the first, like, actual professional wrestlers that I've worked. This year was the first time that I actually started working – longer and more extensively with actual other professionals like of his level and he was one of the first and i feel like it's crazy because we wrestled each other it was father's day weekend Mm -hmm. my wife was with me my youngest was with me my other two were in houston they stayed with their grandma but um my youngest was with me and my little brother was with me and here we are in abilene texas super hot in the summertime the building had barely it didn't even have ac i don't think we had the door open it was everybody was drenched everybody was drenched before the show even started <laughs> and we were the first match and here it is father's day weekend he's a father too and we tore it up man we went 20 minute time limit draw and honestly i felt like i could have went more because just the feeling and the uh electricity of it all had me crunk bro i was i was ready for just more i feel like he Another dude that just woke some up inside of me was like, you know what, you know, you could do this if you could work with him on that professional level and produce that in this place right here under these conditions, you could do this. So, uh, another guy that I feel like is a, a catalyst to Brian keep getting to the money, man. Lee Moriarty. <laughs> Good lord, are you just naming all the guys who are just catalysts to Brian? <laughs> yeah, because you know, dude, <laughs> before you even get into that one or whatever, I watched y'all before and after uh, that show, and it uh-huh. was just like y'all had the match, and uh-huh. then y'all stayed after and was grappling after the show. <laughs> yep, uh huh. You know what's crazy is that I had I had that match with him. Uh, Went, left, and had another match at another show, and then came back and wrestled more with him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, wait, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. All right, yeah. Yeah, so I, I we had that match with him, uh, and honestly, I want to run it back because I want to run it back in an environment where I don't have to worry about because really I had another match like maybe like 30 minutes across town, so I was like, man, I'm trying to have this match with him and hurry up and get to do this other match. So my full attention wasn't focused directly mm-hmm. on the match with him but uh broke that man headphones <laughs> though yeah <laughs> it's all a part of the story man i feel like that, that's all i was gonna get to i feel like it's cool because you know at the time everybody's billing him as the greatest professional wrestler in uh the u.s and he hates when i whenever i say it he hates when people say it period mm-hmm. i feel like 
you know, if people are saying it, bro, it's a thing. You know, they they ain't saying it, and you're not backing it up. Yeah. You're saying it, and you're backing it up. So I know he don't want to be called it, but, hey, it, it's fitting to him, that's for sure. But my mind coming in was, okay, well, we got the best wrestler in the U.S. coming to wrestle me. How can I throw him off his game? How can I get the edge on him and make this, you know, my uh, my game, you know? So when it started, um, I got the jump on the bow, super kick, soul firebomb, going for the pin. He kicks out. I was trying to finish it from the beginning. I still had the poncho on doing all this. Like, yeah, no yeah you come, that shit you was hilarious. <laughs> you come to my house, I'm trying to put you away right now without a sweat. I want to show people that, yeah, you're the, you're the best in U.S. Well, Brian Keith just did him up and didn't even have to take the poncho off. Mm-hmm. That was my mindset going in. But, you know, he kicked out. My anger got the best of me. And I'm just like, you know what? How can I throw him off his game even more? You know what? What, what puts him in his game? Well, I know he listens to music before the match to put himself, you know, in the game. So I'm thinking to myself, you know, my temper's getting to me. I'm like, you know what? Pass me them damn headphones. And I just snapped them, bro. Just in the, You hear a lady in the front row just gasping. She's angry, livid, bro. She's like, how you going to be disrespectful like that? How you going to snap his headphones? I'm like, man, I'm trying to win, lady. Like, you, you yeah. worried about all this. You worried about materialistic things, and I'm trying to get this victory. I'm trying to take home this money to my people, to my my, my wife, my kids. So I feel like um, story-wise, it was a really cool uh, really cool moment for me and Lee. And as far as the match goes, man, Lee could – I ain't got to tell you. He could hang with the best of them, mm-hmm. man. He could, he could do that and more, and I feel like the, the ceiling for him is – there's no ceiling. He's, he's He could be as great as he wants to be, honestly. And – that's why I'd be willing to, or wanting to have another match with him because I feel like that's another guy that makes me a better me, a, a guy that I can roll around with and um, create magic with and just come out on the back end as a better version of myself. So that's that's how I feel about Lee. Word. Aaron Mercer. Aaron Mercer. Um, <laughs> That's another dude, man. It's crazy. Uh, I feel like Aaron Mercer was the start of all this happening, actually, because um, I came to New Texas and I think I had a match against ASF and maybe a couple of other people. And then I had the match with Mercer and then we killed it. And whenever we killed it, there was a guy, Mouse. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, he, he was uh, the guy of Big Stark's brand. He runs Big Stark's brand. He was in the crowd for that match with Mercer. And also AJ, AJ Gray was in the crowd for that match with Mercer. Yep. And as we were wrestling, we were just, you know, going hard at it, uh, going hard in the match. And they're tweeting about it as the match is happening. So I didn't know that. I get to the back after the match is done. And, you know, we did a – thank God it was a great match. I, I enjoyed it all. We get to the back and my Twitter's just blowing up. I'm like, man, what the heck? So uh, – the footage comes out of the match and everything and it's received well amongst everybody. And I just feel like it's crazy. Cause that's another guy that I've never rolled around with. I've never even touched, never practiced with nothing like that. And we got in the ring for the first time and just created magic. We, we, uh, we messed with each other really well. And Aaron Mercer's a young dude. He's a dude in Texas. I want to say he wrestled for like maybe five years, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe less. And, um, he's a cold, Cold guy, another guy. I, I like to call him, uh, us guys in Texas, Texas Iron Man. So if you ever see anybody going hard 
in Texas, period. I'm always calling them all Texas Iron Man, but I feel like it's because iron sharpens iron. Yeah. And that's why everybody's so cold in Texas. Everybody be like, man, Texas used to be a black hole. What happened? Da, 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 da. And it's like, nothing happened. Everybody who was hearing y'all say Texas was a black hole, we were just quiet, training with each other, you know, getting busy with whoever we could while COVID was happening or while, you know, these circumstances were coming, you know, to fruition. The whole time we were just getting busy training and it shows. And I feel like, uh, Aaron Mercer is another guy in Texas. We just out here trying to tear it up, bro. Trying to show people what we can provide as far as Texas wrestling. And one of the names I'm about to bring up, you, you, y'all need to have a rubber match. Uh, AJ Gray. You, oh you, man. So I mean, y'all, y'all one and one right now. You, y'all need to break yeah. that tie. Man, I don't even know if I want that rubber <laughs> match. Boy, AJ Gray is a beast, brother. He is a beast, man. When you talking about a guy that's like. I, I've never wrestled around, you know, I'm just starting to get my feet wet as far as wrestling with professionals and guys on a di- different level. I've never been around when, like, you know, Bill Wild was out or um, who else is a very intense wrestler, Shibata. I've never wrestled Shibata. Oh, yeah. I've never wrestled I- anybody you can think about, the most intense professional wrestlers you, you know, can see across that ring. I feel like AJ Gray is in that category, bro. He, he like, not only does he bring that physicality and that intensity, I feel like his aura just mm-hmm. brings that intensity. Like we had a match in New Texas for WrestleMania weekend, and he was coming out before me. Boy, and literally his music, mm-hmm. his music hit, and he was super crunk. And to see him here, see how crunk he was, and like how gun ho he was about what was about to take place. I had no choice but to get as crunk because I'm like, I'm not going in there and not being as crunk as him. Like, nah, bro, he gonna eat me alive. So I feel like I gave myself a couple of like face palms maybe like four of them just to wake myself up smack myself get myself in the game but you know once it was the bell rung it was time to go but you know he's when you want to talk about intensity athleticism professionalism uh a guy that can just go out there and hang and 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 make you come up to a level that you've never been before i feel like that's aj gray he's very cool dude another dude another guy that i knew of but didn't technically know him personally but after this year like a guy that's like not just a friend of mine i consider him a brother in the business bro like we 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 fought like we were brothers and little brother big brother type stuff so <laughs> it, it, i feel like uh i watched you know, i watched that man goes, i watched that man bite another grown man's foot <laughs> bro yeah he's aj is wild bro i explained, i was talking to a guy uh the guy who makes the bw 500 righteous reggie yeah he made the uh like the PWI 500, but the all black athlete. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was talking to him about it, and I was like, "Man, bro, fight AJ Gray is on another level, bro. It's ridiculous. It's almost as if you went to like you ever been to like a hardcore show or a metal show, like a like a um, you know, like a um, like the way they play metal music, you know, where they be having I, only on TV. <laughs> but uh, I know what you're talking about, like a mosh pit all or something. Right. Yeah, exactly. All right. So it's like if you went to a metal show or a hardcore show, bumped into a linebacker, and he was also like a gangster, <laughs> and you in the pit, maybe throwing down, you accidentally hit him with your fist, and now he want to fight you. Like, that is AJ Gray. Like, he is he is all those characters balled into one. Like, the most dangerous guys you can think of <laughs> balled into one dude, bro. It is, it's, it's, it's cool because for me to know him, the way I know him on a friendly way, but also see how dangerous he is, it's really cool. I think he's a cool dude. Uh, yeah, he got a mean ass wheel kick too. 
Not not to Bro, even he, mention the clothesline, just the wheel kick itself. He got to mean, he got to mean clothesline. He got to mean wheel kick. He got to mean chop block. He got to mean everything bro his regular chops moon salt every everything he does is with intensity bro and that's what i mean like i ain't joking dog everything he does he puts his whole force in being into every move and it's cool because it's like you know some I've, booker likes to call it la- lazy legs when you see people wrestling and they're not really going so hard and they, they looking like they're slowing down and stuff mm-hmm. he likes to call it lazy legs that's what booker t calls it and i feel like aj gray don't wrestle with no lazy legs bro. <laughs> <laughs> He ain't wrestling with lazy nothing, bro. He out there going and giving his all. I didn't see AJ Gray in Dallas, bro. GCW. He had a match. Uh, what was it Fatal Four Way with all the members of SGC in a hardcore match? Turned around and filled in for Nick Gage in the main against Alex Colon in a death match, bro. In the same day, bro. In a hot building, a super hot building. Mm-mm-mm. He's he's just an animal, bro. Freaking animal. All right, I got. Two more names. Uh, one, when I seen it come up, I was like, this is insane. Davey Richards. Yeah. Davey Richards, man, that's my. It's crazy. Man, it's crazy. You literally mentioned all the guys in my life at this point that just been making my life like a movie, bro. I feel like 12-year-old me, 11-year-old me, whenever I was getting into – other forms of wrestling that weren't WWE starting to see different guys wrestle. Mm-hmm. Davey Richards was that dude that I wanted to, to be. It was either him or low key. Both oh of yeah. Them. Both of their styles. I feel like I just like, I, I mirrored my style after bro. Cause I really enjoyed their professional wrestling. And it was crazy. Cause my life, like my first, my first, uh, taste of professional wrestling at Texas all-star wrestling was with Davey Richards. He had a seminar and nobody came to the seminar, which is stupid. Whoever was there and was able to come to the uh, seminar really should have. But <clears throat> it was stupid. It was only me and Javier Vega and I think one other guy. But then he quit like maybe one third of the uh, the seminar. And it was just me and Javier Vega. And we wrestled, bro, like for like he taught us like maybe a good four hours. Afterwards, he pulled us over to the side and was like, man, you guys showing some good promise. You guys are pretty good. I don't know what you got going on for your life, but uh, if you stuck with this, you might be pretty good. And I just remember those words, bro, sticking with me. And this is a guy who I was already into wrestling anyway. So for me to hear that from him, the guy that I want to be like, I was like, oh, yeah, well, I'm definitely sticking with this. So I feel like for my life to go full circle and then me ended up working him as a champion now of a professional wrestling company, it was just is God writing my movie out for me, bro. It was just like, just wild. Just really seeing him across the ring. Seeing him across the ring for me, period, during the announcements was just like, I wanted to pinch myself, bro, because I couldn't believe it was it was real. But I'd say, like, my match with him was probably probably my favorite match of the year, this year. Mm-hmm. I, it's probably biased because he's definitely the guy that I, I look up to, like I said, him and low-key. And uh, I'd say his match, me and his match probably – Maybe one of my favorites. It between it'd be between that match and me versus ACH. Word. Yeah. And then But uh I, I was also I guess gonna add on to that as far as David Richards. He's a dude that he took time off, had to take care of his business as far as family goes. Yeah. And is a EMT. You know, he does has a whole nother career on top of being a professional wrestler. I feel like he's a great role model as far as seeing somebody who's doing it right. 
and going out of their way to help other people as far as the future goes with professional wrestling. So he's a really great uh, mentor and a guy I look up to. Word. So the last name that I got, and it's the most recent match that I seen you have, and that's with Stallion Rogers. Stallion Rogers, my boy. <laughs> He's another guy. He's a super cool dude. Um, I knew of him, but was always on Texas shows around Texas with him. Never really knew him personally. I got to work him once at a show in San Antonio. And we were working each other, but it got cut short because I don't know if they thought we were really, you know, kicking each other's ass or what. I, I never really got the full story of why the match got cut short, but me and him walked away from that match disappointed because we just knew, like, bro, it was just starting to kick off. It was just starting to go hard, and they, you know, like, you know, the referee cut the match short, and I was like, man, what the hell just happened? But uh, ever since that match, I just had it had a bad taste in my mouth, and I was like, damn, man, what, the, you know. For me, I just had a bad taste in my mouth about the match. And then I remember seeing Stallion again somewhere else, and he brought it up to me before I could even bring it up to him. He was like, bro, you know, like, that shit was bullshit last time, man. We could have a, a way better match than, you know, we had then. And I can't wait till we can. And, you know, and I'm just like, man, bro, I, I appreciate the fact that, you know, you don't have to come to me and tell me that, but you felt the same about that encounter as I did. And that's why this match with us was so important to me because this was my, like, redemption, you know, my chance to go out there and actually kill it with him and have an actual match. So I appreciate it. He's another dude that's, you know, whether whether you're going to come there to work or not, he's going to make you work because he's coming with his working boots on and he's yeah. out there. Because he said he don't do know, no kicks. <laughs> nah, not right. <laughs> uh, he'll kick you. Just not like I'm kicking, but he'll kick you. That's <laughs> But uh, he's, he's another – I mean, he, he, these, you know how it is in Texas, bro. We we're pretty uh we're pretty snug, mm-hmm. and you know the greatest professional wrestlers from Texas are known to be snugs too. So I mean, I feel like we're just keeping up that lineage, and just you know showing people that we don't play no games in Texas. And Stallion Rogers is definitely a guy that upholds that uh that image. A guy don't don't take no shit, don't play no games. He's coming there to perform and give you a show. And I was uh blessed to be on the other side of the ring with him. Word. So I mean, I didn't you know, got your thoughts on people that you've already faced in, in your time in professional wrestling or whatever. And you got plenty of more professional wrestling left to do. So what I ask of you is give me three names that you want to get in there and square off against. It, it could be for the first time or just once again. Three names. Let's go with Loki first. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you about that, but I mean, you already said it, so we good. <laughs> <laughs> got to go with him just because. Uh, he I was just there. Uh, yeah, I recently went to a seminar with him. He came for local wrestling, mm-hmm. and uh, that seminar was like I changed the seminar. If if anybody is able to go and learn from that man, please go out of your way and learn because his his uh perspective on wrestling is definitely a, a special one. That's for sure. And I feel like he's another guy that can help me be a different level of myself. You know, he's he, when you think of the elite professional wrestlers, guys that have done it all, and when they go to any company that they've ever been, they're always at the top of it. Mm-hmm. Low-key is that dude. Every company he's ever been, he's always been at the top of that company. And um, I would just like to be able to learn from him. And like I said, you know, he's a guy that I've mirrored my style after, so I just like, I would, it'd be a blessing and an honor to learn from him and just be able to, I guess, you know, not, uh, I'd say experience. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I've never... 
I've never had a match of that caliber with that caliber athlete, mm-hmm. you know. So, so to experience that and have that match with him and to learn from that in a live action setting, it would be really cool. Um, another person, I'm gonna have to throw out some. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna throw out some, some general ones just because there's a lot of Japanese guys that I love to work, but you mm-hmm. know, I can say their names, but nobody will probably even know them. I don't know or not, but uh. I'll throw out Jonathan Gresham. Oh, boy. He's a dude that, uh, he's a guy that I worked before. I worked him at Booker's a long time ago at a, um, a comic convention. When he was and little was bitty. Great. Yeah, baby Brian Keith, yep. <laughs> I worked him, and it was great then. And he was a guy that I felt like I got in the ring, and I was able to just wrestle freely with. You know, I wasn't worried about things, wasn't like, I feel like we just clicked and our styles clicked so well and everything. The timing was just so right. I was learning so much from him, and I like to continue to learn more from him. all these guys that proud I'm naming are guys that I'd love to continue to learn more from too. So, uh, Jonathan Gresham, especially the level he's on right now. Oh boy. He, he, he got, speaking of his just professional level or whatever, it's just his uh, physical level too. The dude lost his neck. He, his muscles yeah. took over. <laughs> That's the goal. The goal is to lose. Who needs a neck? You know, I don't need a fucking neck. You know, like that's how that's how I want to be. The goal. I want to be like him. I want to look like him. Like I just want to be a ball of muscle, just wrestling the shit out of people. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how he is, man. He just man, he's on another level, bro. All these guys are just, and I want to be amongst them, man. I want to be one of the greats. And Jonathan Gresham is is it's almost as if his mission is to like bring back wrestling to how it usually how it used to be you know mm-hmm. like back in the day motherfuckers be losing to a suplex or a headlock yeah. takeover or you know like and that was like back in the day when people were watching wrestling and they were believable finishes to the crowd and he's going out of his way to make those same finishes believable mm-hmm. finishes within this day and age and i appreciate that because that's part of making everybody respect what's going on in the ring you know if you yeah. put your phone down if you pick your phone up for a second and, you know, try to do something that you ain't supposed to be doing other than watching that match, you might miss his finish, you know? Because mm-hmm. you might be thinking, like, oh, he just going for some regular or whatever. And it's like, no, nah, bro, he just put him away. I want to say he beat Alex Shelley with a headlock takeover, bro, or a reverse from a headlock takeover. Mm-hmm. One of them. I, I'm not sure what it was. I, I forget the match. But it's things like that that just make you have to be aware the whole match. It's, it's making you force your attention onto the match because mm-hmm. any given moment within that match could actually be the finish. So... That's another guy that I'd like to wrestle. And uh, I'd say Minoru Suzuki. He's on the U.S. tour. Everybody's you hear me clapping. With Minoru Suzuki. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, man, you know what? I want a piece of the pie, too. I want, I want to learn straight from the, uh, the the God's trained professional himself. And that's another thing. He's keeping along that lineage of professional wrestlers actually being professional wrestlers. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want. You know, I'm trying to take the sports entertainment out of professional wrestling. Yes, I enjoy the the pageantry and the, the, the aesthetics of professional wrestling. I'm not saying we can't have that stuff because I do enjoy that. But I, I just want to take out the hokiness, the, the, the stuff. Like you said, you watch Raw, and sometimes it ain't got nothing to do with wrestling. There's a bunch of stuff that be going down that ain't got, ain't got nothing to do with wrestling. And Minoru Suzuki is that dude. When he's in the ring, dude. that's what you get. You're going to get professional wrestling at its finest, when at I, its high level. I heard the music when he came out for AEW that first time. And oh yeah, yeah. dude, I, I welled up a little bit. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then they cut it, and it was like, ah, sons of bitches. Oh, that was the next <laughs> night. I mean, shit. Oh man, that, yeah. I was upset about that though. But <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. but uh, that's another dude that's just 
man, you just keep it on that lineage of professional wrestlers being actual professional wrestlers, bro. Here he is, 50-something years old, still tearing it up at a high level, still able to go with anybody across the planet. And it, it that that foundational training shows, you know, all those guys that are that I mentioned, every guy that I mentioned now, you know, is, is just foundational professional wrestlers. They, they are professional wrestlers at heart, and I feel like I want to be that as well. I'd throw an honorable mention in there. There's mm-hmm. a guy in, in, in pro wrestling Noah named uh, Takashi Sagura. Mm-hmm. He's like, uh, he's not the champ right now. I think Marufuji's the champ. He's the main champ. But uh, Takashi Sagura is, I want to say he's a national champion. I want to say he's a GAC national champion, something like that. But um, he's a guy, like I think he's like 52 or something like that, still going hard, going extra hard. And it's like, that's why I want to train under that Japanese professional wrestling styles because it, it's a pattern. You know, any guy who goes through there or it comes from there, their careers are usually lengthy and meaningful. And that's what I would like my career to be. Word. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, if you don't mind, I mean, uh, what what are you doing to take a step toward that way? Just taking my, taking myself seriously, honestly, man. I feel like at first it was kind of like, you know, I, I, I kind of think to myself and I'm like, everybody who's ever been great is a human being just like I am. Mm-hmm. But you see these people and you don't really think that way sometimes. You think like, man, it's, it's super hard or, man, how they do that. And it's like the, the shit that it takes to get on that level is immense. The, 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 the work ethic, the talent, the dedication – everything is super like you know it takes so much and i feel like me just surrounding myself around guys that already have that success or that are used to that success has helped me transition into that mindset of you know just being able to train daily without you know somebody having to stay on my ass and be like hey you need to hit the gym today or me not eating a whole sleeve of oreos choosing to eat some fruit (laughs) instead you know like because it happens you know i'm I'm human yeah yeah yeah. i'm not gonna act like i'm not you know like it's whatever, you know, you you get tempted to eat some cheeseburgers or, you know, pizza or sometimes, you know, I got kids and a wife, you know, I don't want to force them to eat like that all the time. You know, sacrifices must be made. They got to eat that. And then I'll go out of my way to, you know, cook myself something or something like that. But it's really I feel like what it boiled down to was sacrifice, bro. Like, what am I willing to sacrifice to actually make this shit my life? You know, mm-hmm. like I could say it all day. I could say, man, I want this for my life or. I could pray to God all day, you know, wish on a star about it all day. But, like, what am I doing day in, day out, from sun up to sundown whenever I wake up? If I'm doing at least something that's putting me towards that goal, then I'm good. And that's really what I focused on is just every day. Every day is not going to be good as the, the one before or after. But if I could do something to bring me closer to my goal every single day, then after a while, prayerfully, I'll be where I'm trying to get. So that's what I've been trying to focus on, man. Word. And speaking of sacrifices and everything, I mean, you're not doing this alone. I mean, you got your family and everything like you were just speaking about or whatever thing. And, uh, you know, especially like when you come home from a hardcore match with Ruben Steele and whatnot. I mean, Bro, you know, what's crazy. My wife don't even know I had that hardcore match. <laughs> All right. She she saw she saw uh she saw like uh pictures of it, but she didn't know like I, uh, like how hardcore it was. I feel like she just like thought it was like one of my other matches or whatever. But she still has like I've yet to even watch that match back with her or nothing like that. Just because I don't want my kids or her seeing you know like that craziness of professional wrestling. Because really, that's not what I do. So mm-hmm. it's not like it's not something that they'll be getting used to. Yeah. But um, 
you know, I don't, my kids are young. My oldest is five, so I don't really want her seeing daddy, you know, doing stuff like that just yet. You know, when they mm-hmm. get older, I probably like, hey, look at this cool match that I had. My wife probably kicked my ass. She'd be like, you didn't tell me you did that, but, you know, at this moment, I ain't really, you know, exposing them to all that or nothing mm-hmm. like that. But, yeah, life, life is wild, man. I, I feel like they're – you know, whenever I have matches like that or just being out the whole weekend gone from, you know, Lord knows where all across the United States or whatever. They're definitely my reason why I get back and it's like I miss them. You know, I feel like whenever I'm gone, I'm missing something. And um, I feel like as a man, as a husband and a father, if I could do what I love and take care of them, then it's, uh, you know, my box is checked. So that's yeah. what I'm trying to do is make it my living to where I can just fully take care of them. My wife could just, you know, relax, not relax, but you know, let's figure out a way for her to, you know, be home with the kids and just make something for ourselves rather than working for somebody else. And then, yeah. you know, me just traveling and wrestling and stuff like that. So that's my, my next goal is just, just to make this my, um, a hundred percent, my, total income and just allow my wife to be here with my kids and just be able to teach them because the world is you know kind of crazy at the moment you know you got Mm -hmm. COVID happening you got people being crazy bringing guns to school or you know just online bullying and stuff like that or just people being crazy period and I just I don't you know I don't want to shelter my kids and I'm not going to shelter them because I I want them to be out in the world but at the same time I do want to mold my kids the way I want to mold them and not send them out into the world and allow the world to mold them because you know the world is the world is be trying to, you know, and that's me growing up as a, a kid in the public school system. Like, I graduated, thank God, pretty high within my 700-something class, you know, like, but it could have been worse. You know, I could have been, I honestly, a kid from Greenspoint, I could have been in jail or dead. So, it's mm-hmm. like, for me not to be like that and, you know, I guess on my way to success, you know, I guess whatever anybody uh, depicts as success, but... I just feel like I want to be able to give my kids that same opportunity. I want to find out whatever it is they like at a young age and just go straight into it, you know, because since I was 10 years old, I knew I wanted to be a professional wrestler. So if they find out what they want to do with 10 years old and it's really what they want to do, then we're going to get to it. And we there's no reason why they can't be that. So, Word. yeah, I just want to be able to do that for my kids. So, I mean, if, the, if it ever came up to where one of them want to be a professional wrestler, what's the first match you're going to show them? <laughs> I ain't even gonna show them matches, bro. I would, I would, if my girls wanted to be professional wrestlers, I would, I would never show them any matches. I would take them to ballet, mm-hmm. and then I would take them to boxing. Oh, limber and and, and get the hand eye down. I got you. Yeah, <laughs> I would take them to ballet and then boxing, and then I would probably go to like Russia or something so they could learn like mat, you know, like true mat techniques, like you know, some type of sambo or something, bro. Because I, you know, if they a little tear would swell up in my eye if one of them wanted to be a professional wrestler, but I would go like extremely to extremes. Just be like, all right, you're going to be a <laughs> professional wrestler that I, the daddy could never be. Like, I'm going to take you to do everything that you need to do. Training wise, we're going to learn from whoever we can, nutritional wise, whatever, you know. Word. But I might also have that same energy if they don't want to be professional wrestlers because, you know, that's important. I don't, I don't make everything about me. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah. My, my kid in here drawing on every piece of paper that she can get get her hands on or whatever. So I find myself going into Walmart just buying sketchbook after sketchbook after sketchbook. Exactly. After sketchbook. Uh-huh. I was like that as a kid, bro. I was uh, my I, that's how I got my Letterman in um, high school was drawing 
I loved drawing as a kid. And uh, I feel like it's like a part of my creativity today, as far as wrestling goes, just has a lot to do with art because I would just like, actually, I spent time whenever I was a kid just like drawing, like, you know, whatever uh, gear I would have on or whatever character I wanted to be, or, you know, like even other characters. When I first learned about Jushin Liger, I draw Jushin Liger everywhere. I even got Jushin Liger tatted on my knee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I feel like art is a, a it's a big catalyst to a bunch of different things in your life, really. You know, even if it's not just art, you could, you know, you could branch off and end up doing something else, you know, culinary art or whatever the hell it may be. You know, art is amazing. It's a great way to express yourself. Definitely. Yeah, you should be drawing up them bounties, dog. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Yep. yep. I ain't got too much time to be drawing now. I'm yeah, yeah, I understand. Past time, but I'm trying, I'm trying to get to this training now, bro word but i mean i have taken up a good bit of your time and i appreciate every minute of it sir you are a gentleman and a scholar and thank uh, you my brother before we ride out of here let everybody know where they can find you on social media and everything that you got going on yeah so uh on facebook um brian keith b-r-y-a-n-k-e-i-t-h brian keith on twitter and instagram i'm bounty keith uh b-o-u-n-t-y Keith on Twitter and Instagram and as far as things I got coming up uh, reality of wrestling we got a new TV deal in Texas so we're going to do be doing a couple of TV tapings for that all October if you guys are in Texas come out to that also got some dates in October at the end of October for new Texas we got October 30th uh, I'm going to be defending the championship against Darius Lockhart like you said rematch from Wrestlemania weekend also October 31st um, there's going to be a show called Law Live Action Wrestling at Carbach Brewery and that's going to be a free show on October 31st so I got that going got a couple of dates outside of um, outside of Texas as well coming up I got Time Bomb Pro making my de- debut there another company called We Are Wrestling in New Jersey making my debut Shit. there uh, yeah, and then there's actually another company that I'm making my debut, but they haven't announced it yet, so I don't want to spoil that one. But I will give you a little spoiler. It's in Chicago, so there you go. Word. <laughs> yeah, so I'm 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 blessed, man. I'm blessed. God's uh, working with me and working through me, man. I'm trying to just make this my job, make it my career, and just be as serious as I can about it. So uh, I'm ready to turn up the heat, baby. Word. And as it is for every guest of the Random Realms with Rob podcast, the door is always open for you to come back to promote your next big thing or just to shoot the shit. Oh, I'd love to, bro. I'd love to anytime. This was a breeze. Word. Because, I mean, we ain't even touched on the uh, Black Wrestle 500 and everything and all uh, that stuff. Let's, let's, touch, let's touch on that. Well, for shit, running back then, running back. We, yeah, f- fuck that, fuck that outro. We, we still talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. We'll, we'll redo the outro. <laughs> yeah. But uh, as far as the Black 500, man, uh, the PWI 500 anyways, I was a kid, mm-hmm. you know, we've all been in the uh, Walmart, yeah. Kmart at the time, Target, <laughs> and they got the Pro Wrestling Illustrated magazines. And I just remember as a kid seeing those 500 magazines, just that's how I would learn about new professional wrestlers. I'd see mm-hmm. the list 500 and just see whatever pictures they had and just be like, oh man, this guy looks cool or oh, this guy's name sounds cool and I look him up on the internet and stuff like that. And for now, for me to be a part of that PWI 500 was really cool for me. I used to not really take it, I used to take it with a grain of salt because I'd be like, man, like, this guy's on that list that I'm better on. 
understand why am I not on that list? Mm-hmm. But I had to think that it's not about that. God has a plan for me. And if I'm not on that list, that doesn't make me or break me. So I had to realize that uh, it's all about me. So I feel like just putting in that work and putting my head down and not worried about what others think of me is the reason why I got put on the list. So I'm like, all right, well, let's keep grinding. Let's keep grinding. And that brings me to the uh, Black 500. That one means a lot. Not like the PWI doesn't mean a lot to me. Yeah. It, it does. It means, you know, to me, because like I said, I was a kid reading those magazines and now here, now here I am in those magazines. But the black one means so much more to me just because in a professional wrestling, not even in professional wrestling, in the world where sometimes my skin color may not be seen as a supreme skin color or a, 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 a color that can produce greatness mm-hmm. in other people's eyes, not in, you know, my eyes, of course, but in other people's eyes for 500 names. You know, there's people on Twitter always talking about, oh, black representation. There are no... the uh, there's no black people in WWE going hard because there are no good black wrestlers. And it's like, bro, this is a lie. Yeah. Freaking Reggie got together a list of 500 of us, bro. 500 black athletes. And a lot of the guys on that list, not even, you know, I'm not tooting nobody's horn. A lot of the guys on the list are great professional wrestlers. And there's also guys who ain't on the list who are great professional wrestlers. Yeah, that, that's what blew my mind in general is just that there were 500 of us. 500 and, of us, bro. And, and there were some people that didn't make the 500. So I was like, uh-huh. that's crazy. I know, I know some people personally that are black athletes that are really great, just as great as I am, and they did make the list. So I'm like, okay, well, at least we this is a start. We get in the list, and those guys could be on the list. We just got to get the eyes. That's it. The eyes just have mm-hmm. to be on those people. And that's all it takes. And that's why it means so much to me is because that's it. The eyes are getting on more people nobody's just you know you look at all these cards i'm not trying to bash anybody or nothing but a lot of the cards are just a bunch of white guys you look at these flyers and everybody on the on the card will be white yeah. and it's like i have no problem against white people i love all people but when you're doing things like that in people's heads they don't realize but they get used to seeing stuff like that yeah. it's like wwe when you look at all the top guys they be all white guys bearded white guys no beard long hair no long hair like it's just different versions of a white guy and it's, <laughs> no offense like i said against white guys but there's a lot of other athletes in the world that are just mm-hmm. as cold if not colder that aren't white guys and it's like you know you guys need to start giving people their due whether they're white black indian hispanic like i don't care what color you are if you cold at what you're doing you need the recognition and that's yeah. why i appreciate the list because it's 500 people that reggie went out of his way to be like you know what this is this is their skin color. We're grouping them like this. He's just grouping it like that because that's the list. But yeah. that's 500 people added to the extra performance that are also going hard. So it's like, you know, if we could get a Hispanic 500, I'd like to see that. If we could get an Asian 500, I'd like to see that. Hell I'd yeah. like to see all these things because I just, we need more representation. We need more people looking at TV being like, hey, I look like that guy. That guy looks like me. I want to be like him. You know, like we just need more shit like that in wrestling. And that's why I appreciate the 500. The black pop, huh? So, speaking of black professional wrestlers, I mean, you've wrestled over many years, hundreds of matches and everything. You, you've you uh, come across a couple of black professional wrestlers. I have a question for you, and I ask this mm-hmm. to every black professional wrestler or, you know, black professional wrestling fan that I uh, get to talk to. This is my yeah. question for you. Why is it? And this is just an observation. This is not fact, but it, it's it's oh. kind of compelling. Why is it that 
just about every black professional wrestler, male and female, have a flatliner in their moveset. <laughs> I feel like it's because Shelton Benjamin, baby. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm just playing. I, I, I feel like, uh, I mean, as far as moves go, I'm not sure. I, I don't do a flatliner, so, I mean, hey. I hey, like well, I mean, there's, there's buzz coming up around this because I asked a whole bunch of people, and, I like, I can give you names. I mean, one of them you just said, Shelton Benjamin. Uh, yeah. R-Truth. R-Truth. You yep. see, Look, see, there you go. Our truth. Uh, MVP did one for a short amount of time. Uh, Bobby Lashley does one. Um, Cedric does one. Uh, Swerve does one. Uh, Rick, Ricochet did a. I'm late. Yeah, I'm late on the boat, bro. I need to be doing the uh, flatline. <laughs> see, that's that's what I'm talking about. That's that's why I'm trying to spread awareness or whatever because uh, I know what I think. Gato was the one that uh, made it. Uh, Canyon was the one that you know made it mainstream to in my eyes, uh-huh. but the freaking flatliner or any variation of it is our move. That's our move. We, we need to claim it. That's what's up. That's what's up. <laughs> I've already converted you. one black professional wrestler. He said he didn't have it in his move set. He was gonna put it in there. And if I can preach the gospel today, I, I hope you can slide it in there somewhere. You kind of configure it in there. Brother, I can do it for the culture. I get a flatliner in there for the culture. <laughs> Yeah, because, man, I, I, I put like a, I forget, I think it's like a two or three minute video I, I put on Twitter somewhere or whatever. It's just all the different black wrestlers that I can think of, or that I can find at least, clips of doing the flatliner. Shit, Brandy Rhodes got a like flatliner. Said, that is a bunch of people. That Actually, you're right, bro. That is like, everybody you named, I have seen them do a flatliner, too. Mm. Like, it's not like you just BSing. Like, I, you literally tell the truth, bro. So I'm like, dang, you on to something. Every guy that's like a successful black guy. Well, I about to say I never seen a rock do a flatliner, but I mean he's like half Samoan, so he don't really yeah. count. <laughs> <laughs> well, shit. I mean, like uh, Brandy Rhodes does a flatliner, a variation of uh-huh. it. Uh, Swole does one somewhere. <laughs> so I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure there's footage out there of Booker T doing a flatliner too at some point in his career. I know. I mean, we need to whisper something in his ear because you know he like to lace up every nine then. <laughs> yeah, man, you know, that's a match, brother, that I, w- I would really enjoy it, too. Talking about dream matches and people that I like to work, that would be one that I'd like to have. Because he had one with, um, he's had a couple of matches with other guys that, you know, we trained with, their, went through the system of training with Booker T. He's had a couple of matches with, uh, I want to say, one with Ryan and another one with Rex Andrews. The one with Rex Andrews, though, was the most recent one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's Booker T up in age. But, boy, you would never be able to tell, man, he... It's crazy because Booker's is like a freak athlete. He's like fifty something years old and still able to go. Like if if they called him tomorrow and was like, hey, we want you to do like a match, like I feel like he could do it, no problem. Mm-hmm. He may not. I don't know how he'll feel afterwards. He may feel like great. I don't know. You know <laughs> I, I'm not, I don't know about his body, but he looks like he could go at any single time. And that's something that I learned from Booker is that as an athlete, as a professional wrestler, you got to be ready to go at all times mm-hmm. and you got to look like you can go at all times. So that's, that's one thing that stuck with me too about him. And another, another move that we look good doing is a, a you know, a, a scissor kick, an ax kick. So that's, that's one that I could adopt. You know, I'm the uh, quickest kicks in the South. So, I mean, I could, any kick I could adopt, uh, adopt. I wouldn't mind doing that one. That's for sure. Word. But flat uh, flatliner, man. I, I try to get it in there. I see, I'm not a, a fan of uh, of moves that kind of really don't look like they're actually hurting a person. Because mm-hmm. I feel like it's not like flatliners don't. It's just they look like I'm also taking, like I'm also hurting as yeah, well. Yeah, it's almost uh, like they rock bottom in you. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. Uh huh. Like I feel like if a person that don't really watch wrestling saw that move, they might be like, "Oh, well, who took like the brunt of that move?" Yeah. But, I mean, that's you know, my opinion don't mean crap, so it's not like it matters what I say. But I really like to lean towards moves like that I do, where it looks like I'm on the offense, and me flatliners don't really look like I'm on the offense, but. There's people who make them look like they're on the offense. So, mm-hmm. you know, you just have to do that, I yeah. guess. Actually, I think Lee Moriarty uses a flatliner, too, I think. For the culture, man, I'm telling you. It's, yeah. our, it's our move. We got we to gotta take that. We got to claim it. <laughs> Cause, you know what? He, I do like. I like the flatliner into the cozy clutch that uh, Christopher Daniels used to do. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that flatliner. I like that flatliner. Who knows? I might slap on the cozy clutch. See, boom. I mean, we, we, we making moves, making moves, making million-dollar moves. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because right. it's just like as far as I can remember, because like I, I, I remember Mortis Canyon doing that move, and uh-huh. forever, forever since that moment that I seen him do those moves, I would go make a creator wrestler in the game, and I would put that in the move set. Damn, when That's I awesome. when I had my little bit of professional wrestling training myself, I wanted to incorporate that in my move set. I mean, it, I think uh-huh. we genetically predisposed to liking that move. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. I I leaned towards the rock bottom when I was a kid. I loved the rock bottom, bro. I was rock bottom, man. That was my move. I hit anybody. If if I was wrestling on a trampoline, oh yeah, you had to watch out because you was gonna get hit with a rock bottom, bro. Either that or a Death Valley driver. I love the Death Valley driver. Yeah, but I never, that's a move I never even use. I never even do the Death Valley driver. But I feel like everybody and mama do it. That's why I don't. But yeah. hey, that's that's another horse of a different color. So. <laughs> <laughs> word word. But shit, I mean, so what are you watching now? Like, let's get away from the wrestling a little bit or whatever. I know you got kids and all that stuff because, like, what I've been doing Bro, is. honestly, I don't even watch nothing. To, if it's not wrestling, I honestly don't watch it, man. I'm a boring dude. Like, the only <laughs> two things I watch, <laughs> the only two things I watch is The Mandalorian. Okay. And um, I've been watching the Wu-Tang series with my wife. That's been cool, and then I've been watching the uh, the What If series on uh, oh. Disney, the Marvel. That's been really cool. Yeah. That's been keeping my attention. And then besides, like the Western movies, I watch every now. Well, not even every now and then. I actually watch the Western movies more than I watch anything. But the re- honestly, wrestling is all I freaking watch all the time, bro. I watch wrestling twenty four seven, man. You guys, my wife, sometimes she get mad because I'll be watching wrestling while I'm watching wrestling. Like <laughs> wrestling be a big. <laughs> And then I pull up my phone and be having a match on my phone. And she'd be like, well, damn, which TV you going to use? Because you using your phone and a TV. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, I'd be tripping, bro. But I'd say outside of wrestling, I guess, uh, yeah, just Mandalorian, that Wu-Tang series, and uh, that What If series. That's really all I watch. I don't really watch nothing else. I don't really – nothing really keeps my attention like that, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it – I mean – we don't even have cable for the most part. I mean, we got to ask a little streaming services, obviously, but it's just like, uh-huh. you know, I'm kind of the same way, I guess. I mean, there's things that pique my interest. Like I'm, I just finished, uh, I'm caught up to the last episode of the what if series and I'm ready for the next one. Cause that's the finale. Um, uh-huh. And it's just like, yeah, you're right. I mean, if I ain't watching wrestling, I ain't really watching shit. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. I don't really, I don't really like to watch too much stuff anyway because nowadays, like, shows would just be tripping, you know? Like, you could be watching a show and they're just trying to push an agenda on you. And it's not yeah. like I'm against any agendas. It's just that I'm against people pushing shit on me that I really don't. Like, if you're subliminally pushing on shit through my shows, I'm not trying to fuck with it because it's yeah. like, what are you really trying to do, bro? Like, I'm just trying to chill and I'm watching this for entertainment. I'm watching this to get 
past whatever's happening in my life just to relax. I don't want to have to worry about being brainwashed mm-hmm. watching some crap. So I'm like, I feel like wrestling is like, the yeah, escape? it's probably brainwashing me to be, to be violent, but it's <laughs> hard, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Brainwashing me to go chop the shit out of a Walmart employee and <laughs> <laughs> right, hell yeah, bro. Even my kids, my kids be walking around the house chopping the shit out of each other, me, <laughs> each other, all that shit. It'd be funny. And I got all girls, bro, so it's even funnier. They're just around, just wrestling each other, and like you know, I don't know. I, I like it. I like my girls to be, you know, rough. You know, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, because the world is rough. You know, yes. like everything. I like them to have a sweet side too, but for the most part, I want them to be pretty rough and tough, man. Because yeah. I don't want to have to worry about them. That's for sure. That was my first born. My first born was a girl, and. She was a boy to me until I had a boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I, um, I got nothing but older sisters. I got four sisters and one little brother. So I grew up running around girls, period. And it's kind of crazy because I just ended up having all girls, too, as my kids. So, I mean, I'm just, like, surrounded. I joke with people because I'd be like, whenever I was younger, I prayed to be surrounded by women. But <laughs> God, <that's> <laughs> Not like this. <laughs> <laughs> Not like this. But, no, nah, I, I love my girls. I love my wife. She does a phenomenal job as far as being my supporter and main supporter and just keeping me motivated and also just running stuff when I'm not around and being a role model and uh, uh, she's just great man I can't say any can't say more great things about it she's the best thing that ever happened to me honestly word that's what's up yeah well shit I mean that that now that's probably a good place to put a pin in it <laughs> it is right yeah we're going to end it on that so if she hears this she's like alright he put me over yeah <laughs> <laughs> But man, I appreciate you giving me your time, man, and everything. And um, dude, I, no shit, I've been spreading the word of uh, Brian Keith as, as much as I can. I, I I just show people the entrance, and then they Thank they you, sort bro. out the rest of the stuff. Thank you, brother. I and don't even just stop with me, man. As far as Texas wrestling, put everybody on the map. As far as Texas wrestling, we're trying to do what Paul Bosch was doing, showing people that professional wrestling can be great again it don't, it don't have to just be here in Texas it can be in the world but we want some eyes on here on Texas too so you know you can put, put people on me put people on Twitter House put people on Texas wrestling period just let them know we out here working hard if you, if you don't work you don't you don't grind you don't grind <laughs> freestyle king look at you yes, yes sir it, it, it takes grinding to be a king <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just quoting all these all these Mike Jones uh <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Hello everybody. This is Hoppy. What's up everybody? Uh, I'm over here cooking dinner with hooks, rubs, and spices. Uh B Rob turned me on to this stuff and I tell you what, it's great. It's a homemade blend of the finest ingredients sourced from Texas gardens, farmers, and markets. And it's some good shit. I tell you what, try the smoking sweetness, or you can try Hoppy's favorite, the mad cow. Which is a nice peppery slap in the face. One taste and you'll be hooked. Hooks, rubs, and spices.